I'm in Nairobi for the UN conference on climate change, which is going to start the process of delivering what I hope will be an ambitious global agreement to reduce carbon dioxide emissions. Um, every country is represented there. And uh, we are discussing two main topics. One, the long-term need to cut carbon dioxide and to combat global warming. But secondly, the need to help developing countries adapt to climate change that is already happening. And I'm spending the day not in a conference center, but in the far north of Kenya, near the border with uh, Uganda, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, in a very remote uh, part of part of the country called Takana, T-A-K-A-R-N-A. And I've been visiting, um, and, and this is an area where there's been a drought for the last three years, and I've been visiting a local hospital, local school, you can probably hear in the background, and uh, talking to local elders about the situation here. What effect has the drought of the last three years had on this population? Well, the population here is what's known as a pastoralist population. That means they are quite nomadic farmers. Uh, obviously, it's meant that the uh, strain on resources has increased. And it's interesting to hear people talking about uh, the dangers of uh, logging that's going on. But also, I was just hearing that animals are coming from some of the more drought-stricken areas to put greater pressure on the river and on the water table. So this is changing uh, things in the short term, but it obviously also means that in the medium term, this community, which has supported itself for hundreds, if not thousands of years, is asking pretty fundamental questions about its future. And can you perhaps just describe to us um, in real terms what effect this has had on the people there? I mean, is there, can you notice a difference when you're there? Well, it would be very wrong to say that climate change is solely responsible for the fact that 50% of the children in the hospital I have just been to are undernourished, uh, clinically undernourished. But there's obviously a link between the pressure on natural resources that comes from climate change and uh, rural families' ability to feed themselves and their children. And so this is a community that is under great uh, pressure and its, tr its way of life is under uh, threat, really. And uh, I've been able to meet people who've been involved with our own Department for International Development who have been working on a not just a water pumping system but also an irrigation system to help try and preserve and uh, enhance water supplies. And is that making a noticeable difference? Well, it, it, it is making a difference. Um, I've just seen the difference. And I, I was able to meet not just the people who are paid to run the project, but a group of five uh, Takana women who are dressed in tri tribal costume, talking to who are the community representatives, and they were talking about their role in managing water. And their understanding that far from being a resource that we can take for granted, water in an age of climate change is a finite resource that we have to uh, preserve and protect. Have they said that they want from um, the climate change law? Have they, have they managed to express um, any needs that they particularly want you to fulfil while you're here? Well, there were a crowd of people who met me at the airport, and um, one of them was a young man who studied all the way through to get his university diploma in accountancy but couldn't get a job. And he said, he, I said, what's your message to the climate change negotiators who are gathering from 189 countries? And his message was that um, there needed to be intervention, well, his intervention was his word, to um, arrest the, the change that he'd seen over the last three years in this very remote part of Africa. So I'm looking out at the moment and I can see sand and trees as we're near a river, some huts made of reed 
uh, in the shape of sort of coconut. So this is a very, I suppose, what, what a true traditional picture of what you'd expect Africa to look like. Now, Ian Pearson, your colleague, said last month that there might be an action plan out of the summit and funding to help developing countries adapt um, to climate change, but there would be no global emission targets. Um, what are your objectives for this week? Well, I think that um, it's correct to say that the world is not going to come to a global emissions deal this week. But we do have to make progress on adaptation. We do have to make progress on technology transfer. And we do have to inject some momentum into the drive for a long-term deal that will bind the world to reduce its carbon emissions. Uh, I, that's something I'll, we'll, be able, we'll be able to talk, talk about this during the week, won't we? And can you just tell us any more about what your plan is for the rest of the week? Yeah, I'm, uh, later today I'm, I'm going to meet the, the community elders now. I'll be going back to Nairobi for meetings with the Kenyan government tonight. Tomorrow, when I think we're speaking again, I'm going to be visiting a, a very large slum outside Nairobi to see the urban consequences of climate change rather than just the rural ones. And then the conference starts, itself starts on Wednesday and runs through till Friday and there's a series of meetings, fringe meetings, bilateral meetings to try and make some progress.